Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning. I want to take you to Numbers chapter 13 and talk to you about faith, freedom, and fear. Would you read God's word together with me this morning? We're going to begin at verse number one. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a chief among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the people of Israel. Now down to verse 25. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, say that with me. However, let's say it again. However, how many of you know if you throw a however in there, it's not always good. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And besides, and you know, you throw besides in there, it's not good either. Besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwelled in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Termites uh, dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for bringing us here together. We love you. We praise you. We exalt you. You're our God. And Lord, let our ears be open, our heart receptive to your word today. Help your servant in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. In a recent career builders survey, they begin to list some of the funniest excuses for missing work. Uh, I find these very interesting. Here, here's one. I've been at the casino all week and I still had money left over to play on Monday morning. So I couldn't come to work. I woke up in a good mood, didn't want to ruin it today. I got stuck in the blood pressure machine at the grocery store and I couldn't get out. I accidentally got on an airplane. How do you accidentally get on an airplane? They don't let you on without a boarding pass. I was emotionally upset after watching the Hunger Games, so I couldn't come to work. My doctor told me I needed more vitamin D, so I'm going to the beach. I drank a bottle of mouthwash thinking it was Pyrrhid. Now I'm sick. <laughs> These people are just different. You know, sometimes our excuses keep us from moving forward and moving on to what God has for us. And other times it's really not our excuses. It's really our unbelief or our fear that uh, we, we don't think we're able to face the challenge that we have before us. So let's look at these uh, howevers and besides that they have here in the Word of God. Moses, I, I know that God brought us here. I know he said this land is yours. I've already given it to you. How many of you know if God says something, he means it? He's not a liar. So he said, I've already given you the land. And I know he wants us to possess it however and besides. Uh, I know this is God's will for us, but however. And here's the reasons we can. And they give four, really. Here's the first one. The people who live in this land are strong people. Uh, secondly, their cities are fortified. They're large. They're huge. 
And besides this, the descendants of Anak are there. The giants are, are big. And number four, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, or we have a very low self-esteem of who we are and, and, and how we look. I want to give you three observations today. If you have a pencil and paper, take it out. And the first one is this. God wanted his people to live in freedom and not bondage. Now, there's just a few days out of, out of uh, Egypt here. Th this is not, they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Matter of fact, they have just left Egypt. God has miraculously uh, freed them through the plagues, the blood of the lamb. And there they were with their feet shod, with uh, their sandals. They had their staff in hand. They were clothed, ready to go. And when that last plague hit, the plague of the firstborn, they left, they spoiled Egypt, they head out. God parts the sea in front of them, brings them to Kadesh Barnea. He's ready for them to possess the land. So for 430 years, they've been in bondage. 430 years, they've been slaves. 430 years, they have had a horrible life, killed their babies, making bricks, making monuments. And on this day, they're at the border of the promised land. It's time to begin the conquesting of Canaan, but fear has overcome the people in the camp of Israel. And any nation, any organization, any people that begins something through the challenges, it's not always easy. How many of you know there's difficulties to move through? There's challenges we have to overcome. Even in America, this week we're celebrating our independence. Do you realize that America has some very tough challenges at the beginning? There was Lexington and Concord and Trenton and Bunker Hill and Charleston and Saratoga and Yorktown, all during the Revolutionary War. Then there came the War of 1812. Then a few years later, we faced the regional and the conflict of economic differences between the North and the South, this horrible issue of slavery. 51,000 people died at Gettysburg. 51,000. There were other battles at uh, Shiloh and Bull Run and Antietam and burning of Atlanta. And then after the war, the difficulty of reconstruction. About 50 years later, we went through World War I. Then a few years later, World War II, where the free world defeated the Nazis and socialism and fascism. And then the Cold War of Communism, the Berlin Wall. And as Mr. Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And today, we're still facing challenges in America. Would you agree with that? We're struggling with the tension of conservatives and liberals and our postmodern culture versus traditional values and socialism versus capitalism. I wonder what it would be like today if a president got up on national TV and began to say these things to the American people. The Christian religion is the best religion that has ever been given to man. The reason that Christianity is the best friend of government is because Christianity is the only religion that changes the heart. Do you think that uh, CNN and MSNBC and all the pundits would just literally freak out if a president got on national TV and said these things? But do you know a president's already said these things? Thomas Jefferson said these things. What if they got up and said, the Christian religion is above all other religions? The future and success of America is not in the Constitution, but in the laws of God upon which this Constitution is founded. You think the pundits would have a huge heyday with that? The Christian religion is above all other religions. Do you think the Muslims 
and uh, all the other religions would just have a cry across America if a president said that? Guess what? One did. John Adams did. What if a president got up and said it's impossible to rightly govern a nation without God in the Bible? You think they would have a conniption fit? I don't know what kind of fit that is, but I've always heard it. Do you think they would have a fit if a, if a president got up and said that? A president did say that. George Washington said that. Do you see how far we've strayed? You see how far we've come? I wonder if we've lost the realization of what it means to be free. I wonder if we've lost the concept of what it means to have a nation that's built on the right principles. Think about this. 28-year-old guy, he's two years out of college, and uh, he's dressed in his $100 pair of jeans. He's wearing his $800 Gucci sweater. He has a $200 pair of sneakers on his feet. He's driving his Toyota Prius, wearing his $250 pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses to Starbucks to order a $7 cup of coffee. He logs on the internet with his laptop and blogs about how horrible capitalism is. You know who he is? He's an educated idiot. Can I tell you how I really feel about it? Karen will reprimand me after this service, but, but we have people that have educated to themselves to ignorance because they don't understand what this country's built on. They don't know how it works. They don't understand the precepts of a free market, economics, capitalism. There is a price that's paid for freedom. There's a price that's been paid for success. Freedom gives us the, the environment for success to happen. And you and I can be successful because people have gone before us to set the right environment for us to be successful. Can I hear an amen? So God wants us to be free. But here's the second observation. God's people in this journey from Egypt to the land of Canaan, they were free physically, but they were still struggling being free in their mind and their spirit. Do you know, we live in a free nation, but there's a huge amount of people that are still in bondage. They're in bondage to alcoholism and drug addiction, pornography, the bondage of depression and hate and unforgiveness and racism, negativity, our past mistakes, our past failures, and we all have them, right? So you can be in bondage to that. You can be in bondage to fear. That fear can grip you and keep you from moving forward to what God has for you and what God has for me. And if we don't win this battle of bondage and of the mind, we're doomed. Because true freedom is not just a national freedom. How many of you know it's got to be an individual freedom? And you can have that. God has promised that to us. For we are free in Christ. We are free in him. Can I hear an amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Strength to find a new environment, new friends, new connections, companions that are going somewhere. Isn't it odd? Sometimes we have friends that are going nowhere and they want you to go with them. Where are you going? Going nowhere. Want you to go with me. Going to destroy myself. Come go with me. And you know what we do? Sure. Well... Strength to believe, strength to stay on the right path, strength to stay positive. I'll guarantee you, there are people that are so negative, it is absolutely pitiful. They'll give you ten reasons why it won't work. You just need one. But they'll give you the other nine. I heard this story recently about a businessman who was going to go to, uh, to Italy on a business trip. And he was going to get a haircut before he went. So he goes into his barber and he says, I need a haircut. I'm going to, to a business trip. And he said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to go to Italy. He said, you don't want to go to Italy. He said, well, sure I do. I'm going on a business trip. He said, those people are rude. They're hateful. 
He said, those Europeans, they just don't like Americans. And he said, well, i got to go. He said, what airline are you flying on? He told him, he said, oh, you don't want to fly on that airline. <laughs> he said, they're always late, food's bad, never get you there on time. And he said, where are you staying? I'm going to stay at this certain hotel. He said, I've been there, it's horrible. <laughs> Rooms are dirty, no, no towels, food's horrible. He said, you don't want to stay there. And he says, so you're going to do a business uh, trip, a uh, business seminar? Yeah, we're kind of having a sales pitch. He said, those Italians, they don't buy anything. So you're not going to sell anything. And he said, what are you going to do while you're there? He said, well, I want to tour the Vatican. If I'm going to be there, I want to see the Vatican. And, and maybe I'll get to see the Pope. He said, you'll never get to see the Pope. You don't go see the Pope. Nobody just walks in and says, I want to see the Pope. He said, you're going to have a horrible time. So he goes, goes to the trip, comes back. And he sees his barber. He said, how was the trip? He said, it was wonderful. He said, listen, I got on the airline. They, they left on time. A great trip. The good food. We actually landed before they said we were going to land. Got to the airport and uh, got my ride and went to the hotel. And, man, they greeted me. And it was wonderful. My room was great. Yeah, we had towels. And everything was wonderful. Went to the sales meeting. I, I sold a million dollars worth of products in Italy. Then I went to the Vatican. And, man, it was awesome. I went to the tour of the Vatican, and, and they selected a few people to have an audience with the Pope, and they selected me. <laughs> and I went in and saw the Pope, and I, I got in line, and when it was my turn, he, he came up to me, and he said, Hey, my son, that's the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you, you see, everybody's got somebody like that in their life. Would you agree with me? You're related to some of them. You're friends with some of them. And you're on a journey, and they're going to tell you how horrible your journey is. You're never going to arrive. You're never going to get there. You have got to have a checkup from the neck up because everybody goes through this. Can I give you, again, the reasons why the spies said we can't take this land? Remember, the people who live there, these people are strong people. Their cities are fortified. They're large. And besides this, the descendants of Anak are there. They're giants. They're huge beyond NBA. We seem like grasshoppers in our our own eyes we have a very low self-esteem of ourselves, and notice how the people react to these words it's found in the next chapter if you want to turn there chapter 14 verse 1 then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Can you believe this? They wanted to go back to bondage. They wanted to go back being slaves. How can you think that way? Now listen, God already brought them out with signs and wonders and miracles. He parts the Red Sea for them to go through. And then he says at the beginning of this conquest, he said, I've already given you this land. Say that with me. I've already given you this land. How many of you know God says something and he means what he says? He's not a liar like a man. He, he says the truth. He says, I've already given you this land. So they had the word of God. They were at the border. They're at the right place. And here's the third observation. We have to feed our faith and not our fear. We have to feed our faith and not our fear. This is what I've learned. In 65 years, whatever you feed gets bigger. Y'all are so holy. 
whatever you feed gets bigger. So if you wonder, why am I so this big? Quit feeding yourself so much. Are you like me? You go, man, I'd really like to have a little bag of M&Ms, preferably peanuts. And, and you rip the top off, you say, I'm just going to eat two or three, and then the bag's empty. Well, why don't we do that? Because, I mean, we, we we're compelled there. I mean, it's God's will that I eat the whole bag. <laughs> so, whatever you feed gets bigger. These men, and please catch this because it's very important. These men are not your average men in this group of spies. The Bible says these are the leaders of the tribes. These are certain leaders. These are men of renown. They're selected leaders from Israel. They are not responding in faith. They're just responding to what they see and what they experience and what they feel. Sometimes we just respond to the natural things, the carnal things. This is what I see. This is what I feel. This is my emotions. How many of you know emotions can get you in trouble? Feelings. So we can get really messed up by our feelings. God said, I've already given you this land. How can 24 eyeballs see the very same thing, but there's two entirely different reports? Because it's not what you see out there. It's who you are in here. Because you can see the challenge, you can see the difficulty, you can see the problems, but because you're a believer, because we're believers, and because we act on God's word, then faith arises and fears diminish. You've got to feed your faith and starve your fear. And if you feed your faith and you starve your fear, then you begin to grow in ways that are exponential. Now, these ten bring a horrible report back to the camp of Israel. But there are two guys there, Caleb and Joshua, who are trying to feed faith and starve fear. I want you to catch Caleb's response. It's found in chapter 13, verse 30. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, notice what he said. He, he, he's quieting the people before Moses because who, who are the people attacking? They're attacking Moses. Moses, you brought us out here to die. You brought us out here to get killed. You brought us out here to be destroyed. Let's get another leader. Let's go back. Listen, God's not interested in you going back. He's interested in you going forward. And we have to be careful that we don't go backwards, that we go forward because God's will is never for us to go backward. He didn't want you to go back in bondage. He didn't want you to go back in Egypt. He wants you to go to a land that is the land that he wants you to go to, right? So he says, we're well able to do it. But notice, he said, let us go up at once. If you think about it long enough, you'll come up with more than four reasons why we can't do it. So let's move on the word of God. Let's move that direction. Then next is Joshua's time to try to encourage the people. It's in the next chapter, chapter 14. Look with me at verses 7 through 9. The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear for them. They're bread for us. Have you ever heard somebody say, we're going to eat their lunch? Okay, that started with Joshua right there. They're bread for us. I mean, we are going to go just destroy them because God has removed the protection off of them. 
Do you remember what their complaints are? These people are giants, they're big, their cities are large, and they have huge walls, they're fortified. Do you realize in the next few years, God is supernaturally going to bring down those walls and going to kill those giants? But you know what happened? They wondered for 40 more years because of their fear. For 40 more years, they fed their fear and they didn't feed their faith. So their fear increased and their faith diminished. But yet all the time, God is saying, I'm able to bring down the walls and I'm able to kill the giants. And we see people who did that and they could have done that. Caleb tried to get them to do that. Joshua tried to get them to do that. But they did not. Now, notice what Joshua said. He said their protection is removed from them. God's going to allow us to overcome them because this is our land. God has already said, I've given you this land. Do you realize I've almost quit watching network news? Let me tell you what I used to do. When I got up in the morning, the first thing I would do is go sit down in my recliner and watch the news. Then after a while, I said, i got to watch just certain channels of the news. Come on now. And then I got to the point where I had to say, I'm just going to quit watching the news. Why? It's feeding my fears. It's feeding my negativity. And so I still keep up on the news. I read it now more than I watch it because I can eliminate some of the, the, the comments of the news. And it is so negative. I do not want to feed my fear. I want to feed my faith. And you have to watch it because you can feed your fear over and over and over and over again. We've got to feed our faith and starve our fear. Now, you say, okay, pastor, that's easy to say. How do I do that? Let me give you some ways to do this. Number one is our environment. What kind of environment am I constantly in? Is it an environment that's feeding my fear or feeding my faith? So I've got to be careful because if I'm coming out of bondage or I need to come out of bondage, let's say, uh, let's say I have a difficulty with drug addiction. Quit hanging around druggies. I'm not saying they're bad people. God loves them. Jesus died for them, right? But if you're trying to overcome drug addiction, don't hang around drugs. If you're trying to overcome gambling, don't go up to the casino and say, well, I'm just there to eat lunch. Don't even walk through the door. Eat lunch somewhere else. Don't expose yourself because you're going to feed on some environments that you don't need to feed on. Does that make sense? Can I tell you when I got saved, I had some things in my refrigerator and some magazines that I needed to get rid of. I didn't box it up and put it in the back of the closet and say, well, maybe I'll need them later. How many of you remember when you used to burn your trash and you had a metal 55-gallon drum barrel that you'd cut the top out of? And let me tell you, when Carrie and I came to faith in Christ, I went to my refrigerator, cleaned some things out, broke it over the top of that old trash can, put some stuff in the, in the trash and set it on fire. Why? I wasn't going to go back to that. So if you're an alcoholic, don't sit in the back of the closet and say, well, I'm trying to quit. <laughs> I'm preaching better than what you think. <laughs> or why would you hang around people who, who are taking you to a place you don't need to go? Why would you want to stay in that circle if that circle is a never-ending circle of destruction? When I got saved, there were some people that I still loved and still my friends, but I couldn't hang out with them anymore because they were going a different direction than me. Why? I'm going to Canaan. They're still in Egypt. 
I don't want to stay in Egypt. I'm leaving Egypt. And if I get into a difficulty, I don't want to go back to Egypt because my God is able to get me where I'm going and so is yours. And you and I have to realize that we can get there by the grace and the power of God. And I am going to feed on the promises of God. I've got to get my head and my heart and my life into the Word of God how do I feed my faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I need to be here. I need to listen to people preach. I need to be in class. I need to listen to them teach the word of God. I need to turn it on my radio. I need to read it at home. Why? I'm going to feed my faith. And the more that we face challenges, you've got to feed your faith because your faith's got to be bigger than your fear. We've got to starve our fear and feed our faith. We do it through coming together, worshiping together, being faithful together, hearing the word together, worshiping together, reading together. We're feeding our faith. When Paul and Silas was in the jail in Philippi, the Bible says at midnight they moaned and groaned all night long. Not really. The Bible says they, they sang praises to God at midnight. What are they doing? Horrible place, dank, dark, stinky, horrible. They had been incarcerated. They had been whipped. But at midnight, Paul and Silas began to sing. What are they doing? Let's feed our faith. Let's feed our faith. Let's not feed our fear. Because chances are they're going to be killed later on. But they begin to sing. And not only are they singing, but everybody heard their singing. I mean, hey, you know, Jose, there's somebody singing down there. This is unusual. We hear them cursing. We hear them crying. We hear them whining. We, we, we hear them doing a lot of things. But we don't hear them singing praises to God. And then before Elvis, there was a jailhouse rock. And, and, and the, the, the gates began to open. And, and things changed because they fed their faith and they didn't feed their fear. And there's a lot of scary things out there. And you may be afraid about your health. You may be afraid about your job, your finances, your marriage, your kids. And listen, that fear will do nothing to help the situation. It will only compound the situation. And so we have to take the word of God and speak it and read it and hear it and apply it to our life and let our faith rise, get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And like a David, I can run through a troop and I can leap over a wall. I can, I can face a giant. Or like Joshua later, I can, I can through God see the city walls come down and we can take this land. Why? We're going to feed our faith and we're going to starve our fear. And there's so many people that are feeding their fear and they're starving their faith. It don't work that way. Let me end on this. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, right, and pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything that is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when you think on those things, what are you doing? I'm feeding my faith. I'm feeding my faith. I'm feeding my faith. Oh, the economy's going to get bad. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Carrie may not like me today. Um, you know, I, I don't know about my job. Uh, the economy's horrible. What's the price of oil? What's my company going to do? Listen, that will not cure your company, the price of oil, or your marriage. All it will do is throw you into worry and anxiety. And that is the opposite of faith. So I've got to believe that I'm going to keep feeding my faith. All things 
work together for good to them who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. All things don't work together for good for everybody, but if you're called and you love God, then they will work good for you. And so I've got to starve my fear. Are there a lot of scary things out there? Absolutely. That's why I don't watch the news anymore. I mean, people are shooting everybody up. They go into offices. They go into companies. They go into schools. And it's horrible. Our country's divided. Our country's in conflict. But I'm going to keep feeding my faith. Let me tell you something. Government is not the answer. The government's not going to cure this. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, if they'll pray, if they'll call out to me, then I will heal them. I will hear them. I'm going to do something if you do something. So what do we do? We feed our faith and we starve our fears. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So some of us are natural warriors. I mean, you know, we don't have to say worry. We just worry all the time. Some people are just turned that way. Would you agree with that? Some people just have that tendency. So you have to even more focus on I've got to feed my faith. I can't dwell on this. I've got to gird up the loins of my mind and cast down every imagination and bring it under the subjection of Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you why. Because it will keep building and building. Whatever you feed, what happens? It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all the problems get blown up. And things that would never happen, you think they will happen. And goodness gracious, that's a horrible way to live. So let me challenge you. We're in a conflict in America. There's a lot of things going on. And young people, you're going to be part of the solution, not the problem, right? So we're going to say, I believe God, I believe his word, and I'm going to allow myself to get bigger and bigger on the inside. I remember a story I heard a long time ago. A little girl was at the fair, and she had this big, voluminous cotton candy on a little stick. And there this little girl is with this cotton candy, huge. And a man came up just joking with her. And he said, how can a little girl like you eat that big cotton candy? She said, sir, I'm bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. <laughs> you know what? You got to be bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. You know how you get bigger on the inside? You feed your faith and you starve your Fierce. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.